Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service is in the bulletin. We're going to begin right now with hymn 399, To God Be the Glory. to grant us forgiveness. Almighty God, merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful. I have disobeyed you and justly deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for the evil I have thought, spoken, and done. And for the sake of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, 
Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. I now ask you before God who searches the heart, do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying, yes. Yes. Upon this confession, I, as a called servant of the Word, announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Testament reading for this 14th Sunday after Pentecost is from Exodus chapter 6 verses 2 to 8 as the Lord is calling Moses he reminds us who the Lord is how he is our gracious God wanting to do what's best for us God also said to Moses, I am the Lord, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they lived as aliens. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians." And I will bring you to a land, to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Alleluia. Jesus Christ has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Alleluia. Alleluia. is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20, reading in which Jesus asks the disciples the question that is also important for us to consider, who do you say Jesus is? When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, 
For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, and the rock isn't Peter, the rock is the God-given faith that Peter had, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the, of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Let's continue with our next hymn. Hymn 382, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less.
Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear friends in Christ, why does God allow things to happen as they do? Why does God allow the trials and the troubles, the tribulations that come into our lives, why does he allow those things to come into even the lives of those who by the grace of God believe in him? Why are oh, some children born handicapped or with AIDS or, or addicted to drugs or alcohol. Why does that happen? Why is it that there are some babies? Why is it that there are some babies who, who die tragically through crib death? Why do some young people who seem to have such promising lives in front of them, why do they end up tragically dying in some car or motorcycle accident? Why is it that things like that happen? Why did Michigan get hit a week and a half ago now, I guess? Why did we get hit by such a terrible storm and by the tornadoes that caused so much problem, so much devastation? Why does a person get cancer and heart disease? Most of us have asked questions like these at different times. Well, if we were to get sick and we would expect that we would have health problems for the rest of our lives, or if we were to lose a job or be faced with some other major problem, if all of that happens because we have a sinful nature and because Sometimes our faith is weak. That's why we have this tendency to second-guess God, to question God, to challenge what God is doing. Why does God allow things to happen as they do? That's the question that could come to our minds. We might even feel as if God is being unfair with us. However, the fact of the matter is, is that God is never unfair with us. He always deals with us in his grace and love. He treats us as we don't really deserve to be treated, better than we deserve to be treated. And see, his intent is always to look out for us and our eternal souls. In our reading for today, the Apostle Paul reveals to us that, kind of obvious, God is wiser than we are. His ways are unsearchable, and his gifts are plentiful. And because that's the case, let's not second-guess God. Rather, let's trust him to take care of us and to do what's best for us and for our eternal souls. God is wiser than we are, even though we wouldn't like to admit it, even though our sinful nature doesn't want us to admit that. Paul says here, 
Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Our God knows what's knows all things, and He knows how best to use His wisdom to accomplish His goal of saving our souls from sin and eternal death and its consequences. In faith, we do know that's true. We know God knows what's best, yet we're still so often tempted to second-guess, to challenge, to question God and His wisdom, and especially when we're faced with life's trials and troubles. So let's remember what the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthian Christians. He said, The foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Now, when you look at that passage, obviously you say, God isn't foolish. God has no weakness. So Paul is telling us that God so outclasses us when it comes to wisdom and strength. He so outclasses us. His wisdom makes the wisest person in this world seem like a fool. And his strength makes the strongest person seem like the, the biggest weakling, we could say. We're powerless fools without God. But with God, we have the greatest strength that there is to fight against Satan and sin and to go all the way to our eternal home in heaven. And with God, we have the most valuable wisdom that there is because we know that Jesus lived and died for us and paid for all of our sins. We're blessed when through faith we begin to see how wise our God really is. Oh, maybe an illustration in that regard. When I was a teenager, I remember thinking how out of touch my parents were. I thought that things had changed so much from the time when they were teenagers to the time that I was a teenager that they couldn't possibly understand life today, the things that I was going through. They couldn't understand my circumstances. But as I got older, of course, I had to fend for myself and take care of myself, then I came to understand that my parents understood more of what I had been going through than I realized. They understood more than I realized. And now I see, well, years ago already, I saw that what I could have done is I could have avoided a lot of grief in my own life if I would have just simply listened to their guidance and their direction, if I would have accepted their wisdom, I wouldn't have had to learn as many lessons the hard way as I did learn the hard way. And most teenagers, and maybe you'd almost have to say all teenagers really, all young people go through a process like this with their parents. And as God the Holy Spirit graciously works in us so that we grow in our faith, 
We go through that same process really when it comes to our God. Through faith we come to see, as Paul says here, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. We learn that God really does know what's truly best for us and our eternal souls. May God just keep on working to build up and strengthen our faith so that we remember how wise and how powerful he is so that hopefully we don't have to learn so many lessons the hard way in this life. Paul said, how unsearchable are God's judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. We would have difficulty trying to understand the decisions, the rulings of earthly judges and juries, and the reason why sometimes we say, why did they come up with that verdict? Maybe it's because we don't have access to all the facts and all the information that they had available to them. Why is it that maybe some people appear to be so guilty, uh, are declared not guilty, or vice versa? Why is it that happens? Because maybe we don't know the full story. We don't have access to all the information that they have, and we can't read their minds to know why. And they make their decision. So really, we really don't have that right to second guess those judges and juries, and much less would we have the right to second guess the decisions of our God. His paths and His way of operating, it's also you know, beyond tracing out. We can't look back and figure out exactly where God has been and what he has done. We can't figure those things out. So we dare not question what he has done, is now doing or will do in the future. Paul continues, Who has ever known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? With these questions again, what Paul is doing is he's, he's demonstrating the folly of second-guessing or challenging God. Can anyone read God's mind? Of course not. Then how dare we judge his wisdom? What we do know about God is only what he's revealed to us in his word. And much of what he's revealed to us, we still struggle with grasping or understanding. Like the teaching of the Trinity, for example, a teaching which says that we have only one God, and yet in that one God there are three persons. We believe we accept that, but we really can't understand that. And when we think about the teaching of that Jesus is true God and true man in one person and how that all really fits together and works. That's not something that we can really fully grasp. It's obvious, as Paul says here, that God's not going to come to us and look for advice. 
nor will he ever need to. So let's never second guess our God and what he does. Since we aren't capable of second guessing or questioning God, it really is a blessing for us to know the motivating force behind everything that God does. Scripture says, God our Savior will have all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Since it's God's desire that we would be saved, that we would end up in heaven, his actions are going to work for that goal as Scripture says in all things. Paul told the Roman Christians also, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. But because we have a sinful nature and because our faith is often weak, it's difficult for us to always believe that, to always trust in the fact that in all things God is working for our good. But he is. That's the promise. At times, and maybe very often, we won't be able to understand how God is working for our good, but he always is. How does God work through a destructive storm that causes so much damage and, and power outages and, and death and overturned semis? How does God work through something like that for our eternal good? How do health problems, or financial woes. How do those things work for our good? Well, we won't always understand that, and maybe we'll just look at it and say, I don't get it. And that's okay. But because God said that they do work for our eternal good, in all things, we'll want to trust what God says. Trust in that promise. Let's consider how God used problems, for example, to serve the Apostle Paul's good. As he was conducting his ministry for the Lord, he was bothered by, by what he called a, a thorn in the flesh. And nowhere in Scripture does Paul reveal to us what that thorn in the flesh was and perhaps that's so that we can think about what might be our thorn or thorns in the flesh that, that we have to deal with. But Paul did pray to God to remove that, and, and Paul was probably tempted to complain to God, maybe even accuse God of being unfair for allowing that thorn in the flesh to come into his life. But God did reveal to Paul that that thorn in the flesh was there for a reason for Paul and that was to help him a man who was blessed with great talents and abilities from God he, it helped him from becoming conceited with the abilities that God had to give to him and reminded him how much he needed God's help in this life and see now, when God uses the trials and troubles that are in our lives to point us even just a little bit more toward him and a little less toward ourselves, then he's working for our good, for our eternal good. 
I'll then ask one more question to help us to see the folly in second-guessing God. He asks, who has ever given to God that God should repay him? The obvious answer here is no one. No one has ever given to God. God doesn't owe anyone anything but the plentiful gifts that he gives to us, including our salvation, his grace and love. Well, he gives that to us not because we've deserved it, but because of his undeserved love. By nature, we have absolutely nothing to give to our God. There, there may be times when we might be tempted to say to someone, I think I owe you an explanation. But because God owes no one an explanation, he doesn't owe, because because God owes no one anything. He, he doesn't owe anyone an explanation about his decisions or his ways. However, if God were to give us an explanation, he'd tell us the reason why he does what he does. It's because of his grace and love, because of his desire for us to be with him forever in heaven. And that is an explanation that he does give us in scripture. Well, Paul concludes our text. For from God and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Again, God owes nothing to no one. He owes nothing to no one. But we surely are indebted to him the source and creator of all. We are indebted to him. He preserves us and he takes care of our physical needs, the physical needs of all people, and all things ultimately will be done for his glory. When our Lord returns on the last day to judge the world, all people will confess that he is the Lord, the victor over Satan, sin, death, and hell. And well, because God's been gracious to us, because he sent the Holy Spirit to us, because he's made us his believing children, we'll make that confession and live eternally. Unfortunately, though, there will be so many people in our world who will make that confession to their eternal judgment because they rejected Christ. On his way to Jerusalem, where he would be crucified. Jesus met 10 men who had leprosy. When they cried out to him, Jesus, Master, have pity on us? Jesus replied, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they headed toward the priests who would declare them healed of their leprosy and clean and ready to go back into society. What happened is that their leprosy disappeared as they were heading to those priests. And as we know from that story, what happened is that nine of those lepers, they just continued right on to the priests. But there was one, there was one man who when he realized he was cleansed, 
he just had to turn around and he had to thank Jesus for the miracle that he had performed. He had to do that before he would go and show himself to the priest or get back together with his family. His first priority to thank the Lord Jesus. And now, when you think of that story, it's just a reminder from us because Jesus has cleansed us from the leprosy of sin and eternal death. May it always be our first priority to thank our Savior, to thank our Savior and to do everything that we can to let people know about our wise, powerful God who gives us such amazing gifts. King David said, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We've been so richly blessed. To God be the glory forever. I would imagine that each of us at different times in the course of our lives has said or thought, if God were smart, he would have done, and then we'd come up with some sort of an idea or plan that we constructed by ourselves with our mind. And now see our sinful nature or a weak faith wants us to say that, to question, to second-guess God, to complain about what God has done. But instead of second-guessing or questioning God or complaining, let's remember that what God does is he works in all things always for our eternal good. He's always working for the good of those who love him. He has this amazing master plan in working for the salvation of our souls. He wants us and he wants as many people as possible to be with him forever in heaven. And he's always graciously working for that goal so that we be with him forever in heaven. As Paul said, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. To him be the glory forever. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. 
He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, give us an increase of faith, hope, and love, and that we may obtain what you promise, make us love what you command. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, and as we think of the many in our congregation, our extended church family dealing with trials and troubles, we ask the Lord to watch over them, especially today thinking of Stan Krozik, who's hospitalized at Sparrow. But then look at everybody on our prayer list. We pray, Lord God, please give your help and your strength to, to Stan Krozik. According to your will, grant him healing. Be with the doctors and the nurses and aides that are taking care of him. But as we've always said, please keep on giving us always more of your grace and your mercy and your love. That's what we need more than anything else so that we can keep on looking to you and knowing that in all things you really are working for our eternal good. And we gather up all other prayers we have as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Thank you again for joining me for worship today. A couple quick announcements. So pray that you all have a safe and enjoyable, happy Labor Day on Monday. 
Tuesday is Phil Norder's birthday. Wednesday, Brody Powers and Colleen Webb have birthdays. Thursday, David and Hannah Wine have an anniversary. Friday, Marcus Greathouse has a birthday. And Saturday, Ray Bodell has a birthday. Schedule for the week is in the bulletin. I told you about Stan being in the hospital. He had a bit of a fall and has had some other problems. And, well, hopefully he's picking up a little bit of his strength. Not sure how long he'll stay in the hospital, if he'll be going to rehab or if he'll be able to go home. And maybe just would also tell you that with my dad thought he was probably going to be needing to go to assisted living or a nursing home and he's actually back home again and uh, getting a lot of care from especially my one sister Beth but others in the family as well we're keeping close tabs on him. On the church sign uh, after I had my surgery I put the words our God is always so good I've left it up there for a long time but it's so true. Our God is always so good. Thank you again for joining me for worship today. The Lord bless and keep you always. Amen.